This is episode number seven of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, I speak to Sam Billingham, who I actually met in March earlier this year. We talk about the work she does with Soda and how she supports other people going through an abusive relationship. Before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to Rockpool. They're the main sponsors for the Abuse Talk podcast and the work we do on hashtag Abuse Talk. Their vision is to create a society that is trauma-informed. I've personally been a delegate on one of their programmes and recovered, which I know a few of you may know about already. But just to give you an overview, Rockpool provides industry-leading training and consultancy services for organisations that support people who have been affected by trauma. So it's not just covering domestic abuse, it covers ACEs, um, gangs training and lots more. So check their website out at rockpool.life. Hi everyone, welcome to Abuse Talk Interviews and today I've got the lovely Sam, Bill- Sam Billingham here. Yes, hi, <laughs> we're all having me. laughs and nervous laughter because this is my first in-person interview Aww. so thank you for being Aww. my <laughs> guinea pig. Thank you for letting me be the first guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fun and we have had a glass of wine haven't we because we we're in Liverpool for the Coercive Control Conference which is on tomorrow. Yes, so looking we'll forward to that important and slightly nervous just a tiny bit tiny bit um so before we begin the best thing to do is to tell us all just a bit about you and what you do if that's okay okay yeah so best way to describe myself is i'm sammy b uh, 1980 from twitter i've tweeted a few times over the years about the abusive relationship i was in just to raise awareness of domestic abuse really um so my own personal relationship was mainly psychological with right. a little bit of um, physical abuse but I didn't know that I was in an abusive relationship until I'd left um, and if you do follow me on Twitter I always say that I just want to be the support that I never had oh you've already answered oh, sorry. my next question <laughs> <laughs> because I've said so before we talk about you know Serda um, I picked up that quote I've got it down as I just want to be the support I never had yeah. so I want to know what support you didn't have or what you what did you get so my support was an eight-week awareness course of everything i'd survived and everything i'd been through um i was at a, a local family center and i was handed a questionnaire with about 30 questions on and it said something like if you answer one or more question then you've been in an abusive relationship and it was only at that point when i answered yes to most of those questions that i realized that i've been in an abusive relationship um, after that there was no contact 
details or websites or helplines given to me. It was kind of, that's it, there you go, you're on your own. Right. Um, so I threw myself into to parenthood really and kind of tried to forget everything I'd been through. So there was kind of, there was no helpline. So when I was having a bad day, there was just nothing, nothing at all. Okay, so what, do you know what that eight week course was? Or? Yeah, basically um, there was about, I don't know, six or eight of us who'd obviously been in abusive relationships and we were all very different as, as we are. We've, we've gone through the same thing, but we all deal with things very differently. Um, I was the one who always sat at the back. I didn't want to talk about what I'd been through because I didn't want to relive anything at that time I just wanted someone to go everything's going to be okay everything's going to be fine Um, and it was basically learning everything we'd survived so one exercise was what did you like about your abuser so I was like well nothing you know it just it kind of seemed pointless more than Mm. anything Um, I just wanted someone to give me a helpline number or something and say you know if you need us we're here Mm. more so than a structured awareness course of everything I'd just been through Right, okay, and okay, so that kind of leads on to my next question then. So what support would you have liked then? Basically just that, basically someone giving me a card or maybe a flyer with some helplines on so I know at any stage of my journey, if I need somebody, they're there. It's not about, you know, babying me or anything like that. It's just about knowing that if I have a bad day, there's somebody I can contact. Whereas because I didn't know anyone was there, I didn't know who to turn to, so I just mm-hmm. kind of carried on regardless which I've, I've realized that is not the best thing to do uh, I've, had sev- I've had several triggers that's led on to counseling now so right. if somebody had kind of offered me counseling maybe after I'd left mm. I might have kind of gone down that route as well but it's one of those where you don't know you don't know who to ask for help because you kind of don't know what you've you've been through and there's nobody there to kind of guide you and that's all I wanted really someone to guide me in the right direction and just say if you need anything we're there Mm. and just so everyone knows then when was it when you left so I left in November 2006 and in 2009 that's when I set up SODA which is survivors of domestic abuse have I answered your next question (laughs) probably (laughs) (laughs) no um and the other question I've got then is do you think a lot has changed since when you since you left and what the support services are like now or do you think there is still a lot of work to be done a lot has changed um for me personally kafkas i know kafkas have changed through tweets and things and people sharing the stories i know kafkas have changed but for me personally they were amazing and so were the police but i think things have changed now and i think it's got worse right better um especially with police and certain agencies not kind of i don't think they've got the understanding of what domestic abuse really is and they haven't they don't really understand that once we've left and once survivors have left that's when they Mm. need the support um so i think things certainly have changed but so much more needs to be done to make it change for the better right okay so you've talked about soda so why don't we tell everyone what SODA does and what support SODA brings yeah, then? Brilliant. So SODA started off as a simple Facebook page. Somebody planted the seed one day and said, have you thought about helping others? And at that time, I wasn't in the right mind, maybe, at the right stage to kind of do that, so I was a bit shocked. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, I do want to be there for somebody in case they're having that bad day. Um, so I set up a Facebook page, thought nothing of it, 
Um, it's a secret group on, on Facebook and we've got nearly 900 members and it's basically letting people know that they're not on their own and it's about raising awareness and reducing isolation. It's a safe haven for survivors to come to. They can have a rant, a moan, ask any questions that they want to ask that people actually understand why they're asking it or why they're doing something. Um, so it started off as a Facebook page and then um, it just kind of spiralled from there and I kind of raised awareness through the media, uh, social media. I'll, get, um, I'll do a column for the Express and Star where I try and raise awareness through the newspaper as well. Um, because for me, I didn't know I was in an abusive relationship until the end. Mm. And I believe that if I knew about domestic abuse before, that I might not have stayed for as long as I did. I think it's about remembering that we have got choices and if we know about something at some point we can make that choice sooner rather than later um, so that's basically what surgery is just letting people know they're not on their own and that you know there is somebody there who understands sounds like just what people do need that Definitely. you know support and that and i think because we're in a, a very digital world right now yes it's yes, absolutely it's sort of like instead of going to an actual physical group you're sort of almost having a Group Absolutely, and it's online. because everyone's at different stages as well, mm. and it's countrywide, and they've got the barrier of being behind the, the keeping themselves safe behind the the keyboard. Right. So you know, we have people who um, have got different names. I haven't even got a profile picture. I don't ask any questions. Mm. You know, I don't need to know your name, where you're from. They just get in touch with me, and they say this, this, and this, and then they're part of the group mm. uh, quite instantly. Um, I answer phone calls, text messages. Anyone who gets in touch, there's always an instant instant response because when I was on my own it just makes you feel that nobody understands and that's kind of what made me feel really bad and I just mm. don't want anyone else to think that you know they're on their own and they've got to go through this on their own. How do you fit all that in? <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself that but I, th I just think it's really important um, as soon as someone messages me I try and message straight straight away even if it's just a hello um, do you want to be part of the group if they don't obviously I understand people don't want to go on Facebook mm. I completely understand that so there's the opportunity of either meeting up if they're local or simply texting me mm -hmm. give them my, my own personal mobile number so if they're having a bad day or whatever just pick up the phone I've had people on the phone for an hour just chatting and then you never hear from them again but I'm sure they've still got the number just in case mm. and I think that's really what soda is all about no, that's great. Thank you for answering those questions no for me problem. there. Um, so... <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting worried now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, worried at all. Um, so we've sort of spoken about the first idea of what of what Soda has become and how it's, how it's grown. Is it... So for clarification, is it a charity? Is it a non-profit or... It's, a is it... it's still a voluntary group at the moment. And the reason is um, I'm a single mom, I'm a part-time student and I'm an ambassador for the Haven in Wolverhampton as right. well. So I just haven't got round to making it a charity as such. And I think sometimes it can take the personal side out of it when people know it's a mm. charity. I think a lot of people think when you mention charity, they think money and stuff like that. Most of this I do on a voluntary basis and, and out of my own money anyway because I just want to help people, just want them to know that there's support there. So we're just a voluntary group at the moment. Okay, so we know that you're a survivor and that you've set up Surda. Um, so I would like to know how you differentiate your personal feelings to that job role. That is really, really hard. <laughs> very, very hard. Um, I think it's, I think it's a, an understanding of whatever, you, you know... 
we support people even if they're in that relationship even if they go back 20 times because i know because i've been there and i've done exactly the same so i think it's about not having that judgment mm. so other agencies who might not really understand the cycle might be really judgmental whereas when you've been there you kind of don't have that because you know you understand why they've done these things so i think it's about learning that they do those things because that's what we do that's part of the cycle sometimes right okay thank you and i've got um some information oh, here no. that i discovered oh dear and i would like to know <laughs> how this okay. was achieved I'm so <laughs> i've heard that you are um the top 250 influential <laughs> twitter accounts in the west midlands yes that's, going back, that's going back a few few years i think i've been on twitter from uh, i think it's april 2010 and for the probably for the first three four five years maybe that's all i did i just tweeted everything about domestic abuse so what domestic abuse is how it might feel what might happen and i do that every single day all the time uh, and i think that's that's where it's come from i don't tweet as much now as i did then um, that might be hard to believe but i don't but i, <laughs> yeah, I just think believe. it's really important to raise that awareness mm. and if you can do it in a, a tweet or two um i think the thing with twitter is nobody has to reply to it so we don't know that mm. people are suffering so but they can see the tweet as it goes out and it might help that one person so yeah basically i was addicted to twitter so that's the answer <laughs> to that question <laughs> i'm sure that's not true um, um what do you find the most difficult thing uh, the most challenging thing um about running surda oh that's a really good question oh i think it's when i hear about agencies and the lack of understanding and it just frustrates me because when I was in that situation, I expected agencies to kind of know from my body language and, mm. and, and my behaviour that they should know that there's something wrong and they should be asking those questions, you know, is everything okay at home? Are you okay? And that never came. So I think, I think that, for me, kind of infuriates me a little bit. That's where my saying, you know, personal experience is better than textbook knowledge. Um, so mm. I like that. That's kind of catchy. Yeah, I think... Oh, I think I just need more more of an understanding, really. Mm. Um, so that kind of frustrates me. Okay, just to niggle on that one then, how do you think we can give professionals more of an understanding? Again, I think it's about raising that awareness and we've got that personal experience that we can pass on. Mm. Um, but I think, I think what it is with agencies, they need to kind of work together and they need that mandatory kind of mm. training because... I, on Twitter we've heard about Scotland doing this and mm. Scotland doing that but England aren't so it's kind of there's no ties in what they're doing sort of thing so I think it's quite frustrating okay and then do you, I don't know if you know this but how do you think or you might know how do agencies um take you and what surgery is doing do they find it helpful or do they find it challenging themselves? I think they find it because... helpful in a way because I do get certain referrals from agencies. They must right. just pass my number on all my website. So I, 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 I think in that respect, I think that some do know that, you know, Sam's got personal experience. There you go. She, she can answer those questions that maybe they can't. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure about the other side. Again, I just think it's about awareness and I think it's about working together mm. just because they're professionals in their profession doesn't mean to say that we can't kind of all work together just mm. because I haven't got what I call professional skills but I've got personal experience so you can kind of 
get that balance between the two, really. Yeah, I do think... I mean, we were speaking earlier about bridging the gap. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know... I don't think it should be them and us. It should be just everybody working together yeah. because we all want to... Hopefully, we all want to achieve the same thing. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's about raising awareness and just supporting people. Yeah, no, that's great. And um, so, if people want to know how to support Soda, where do they go? Or if maybe they might need to speak to you yeah absolutely how do how do they access i've got a you? website which is www.sodahq.uk and all my details are on there and to support us is just again using social media as a platform sharing a tweet sharing facebook because it might reach that one person who doesn't know about soda maybe so i've got an open page um on facebook where i just again raise awareness and i just think that's really important no well thank you again for joining thank me it so wasn't much. it wasn't that bad no was it wasn't it? that bad <laughs> for you so oh thank you everyone for watching and don't forget that the next hashtag abuse talk interview is on the first wednesday of the month at half past seven Brilliant. and i just want to say another big thank you to sam oh, thank you so and i'm much. really looking forward to hearing you talk more tomorrow Brilliant. at the conference and if anybody hasn't heard about um min and her conferences Maybe. on coercive control then definitely check that out as well Absolutely. so yeah we're Brilliant. gonna go and have a glass of wine yeah <laughs> another glass <laughs> another glass but yeah so thank you everyone and thank hope you. to see you soon <laughs> virtually in the digital yes, world in the digital world i guess that's what we're doing right now <laughs> thank you <laughs>